Good morning and welcome again. We're grateful for your presence. We're so thankful to have visitors with us. As always, we invite you to come back and be with us. We've got a lot of our folks that are away. It is vacation time. A lot of people coming and going, but we're glad that you're here today, and we hope that if you're visiting, we hope that your time with us is profitable. It might be that you're looking for a church home. As always, we encourage you to come and to consider the work here. We'd love to have you be a part of our church family. We've had a lot going on the last couple of weeks. We had VBS a couple of weeks ago. Last week, a lot of our young people were at camp, and we're glad that they're back home with us, and we hope and pray that it's been a profitable two weeks for them. I want us to look today at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. We're going to use this passage as a springboard to look at some other passages of Scripture as we think about the needs of our nation. I know that many of us are concerned about the direction of our nation, and rightly so. A lot of things have been taking place in our country that have left many of us bewildered, wondering about the future, and questioning the sanity of the lives of a lot of people. It's no secret that our nation is reeling, and there are a lot of problems. This is an election year. There are a lot of folks that are already contemplating who they're going to vote for, I'm not here to talk politics. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. But I want to suggest to you that there are three things, very specific things, that our country needs. I'm convinced that these three things are more important than any one single vote. As a matter of fact, these three things can change the landscape of our country. First and foremost, I think we need to pray for our nation and her leaders. And I want us to think for a minute or two about what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, the passage read a moment ago. Paul begins by talking about those for whom we ought to pray. Listen to him. Therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. Paul here is saying that we ought to be prayerful for all people. And that would be inclusive of those that are in positions of authority in our government. Specifically, there are a couple of things that we ought to be praying for. First, I would submit to you that we ought to pray that we can reach them with the gospel. I do not know of another message that has the power to change the landscape of a nation of people like the Word of God. The Bible tells us that God's Word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. When Paul wrote to the saints in Rome, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's Word has the potential, the power, 
to change the hearts and lives of people. And we ought to be praying that people can be reached with the gospel of Christ. When Paul wrote to the saints in Rome, he said, Brethren, my heart's desire and supplication to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Our prayer to God ought to be that we can reach people in this country with the gospel. That's the only message that's going to save people. Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, verse 32. Jesus also said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. That would be inclusive of the nation in which we live. He said, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then He said, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we have to reach out with the gospel. And then we ought to be praying that people will be receptive to the gospel. Now I understand that the landscape in our country has changed dramatically. And I have no doubt that Hollywood to the West has impacted the thinking of the lives of many, many people. To the Northeast, New York, which is a media capital in our nation. New York City has changed the landscape of our nation in many ways. They have shaped and fostered the thought of many, many people. And so what we have to do is cultivate within people a heart for God, a yearning for God. We have to pray that people will be receptive to the teaching of Almighty God. Now it might be that some will say, well, in light of everything that's going on in our nation, there's just no way people would be interested. In Acts chapter 8, when the people were scattered abroad as a result of, of a persecution that swept the early church in the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached the gospel to those people. The Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jewish people. They looked at them as half-breeds. And yet the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 8, verse 12, that they believed the things that Philip preached concerning the kingdom of God and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were baptized, both men and women. The city of Corinth. Paul spent 18 months in the city of Corinth. It was a cesspool of evil, filled with idolatry and immorality, and yet Luke says in Acts chapter 18, many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. So there are people in our country, given the opportunity to hear the truth of God, can be reached. There are people, I believe, that would be receptive to the truth of God. So we need to be prayerful for those who are in positions of authority and those who are a part of our country. We think about those for whom we should pray. And there is a second thing that Paul speaks of here, and that is the purpose for our prayers. Listen to him. He said, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence or honesty. First, we need to pray that we might be able to live in peace. Now, I look around in our country today and I see anything but peace. There's a lot of civil unrest in our country. 
And there are things that are going on in our nation today that I would never in my wildest dreams have fathomed. And yet, such is the case. We live, we have lived in a peaceful nation for many years. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When the Lord Jesus was born, the angel said, Peace on earth, goodwill toward man. Jesus is the means by which we enjoy peace with God and peace with our fellow man. And one of the reasons we do not have peace in our country is because people are not at peace with their God. And if they're not at peace with their God, they're not going to be at peace with their fellow man. It's just that simple. We need to pray for peace, and then secondly, we need to pray for the preservation of biblical principles. I can't believe some of the things that I see and hear in this nation. Some of the things that are going on in our country are enough to make angels weep. And yet Hosea said in Hosea chapter 14, verse 9, I want you to listen to what he said. God's prophet in the long ago said, The ways of the Lord are right. We need to understand and we need to get away from this idea that we don't need the scriptures in our country. This idea that we don't need God, we don't need His word, that is false to the core. God's ways have always been right and they will always be right. It doesn't matter what politicians say. It doesn't matter what school administrators say. It doesn't matter what professors say. It doesn't matter what CEOs of corporations say. The ways of the Lord are right. We need to understand that. Let me tell you why we've got trouble in our country. It's because we haven't come to accept what Hosea said. God's ways are right. There are a lot of folks in our world today, they think they know what's right. Let me ask this question. How's that working out? I'll tell you how it's working out. It's a joke. Things aren't working out. And the reason is because we have moved away from the standard of Almighty God. When you move away from the standard and deviate from the truth of God, mayhem will always be the result. The Bible speaks of the people who lived during the days of the judges. The Bible says there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's the problem today. You do what you think's right. You do what you think's right. I do what I think's right. And guess what? That is a recipe for disaster. Hosea said the ways of the Lord are right. I wish people in Washington understood that. I wish people in administrative positions in the schools understood that. I wish the Supreme Court understood that. I wish the courts of our land understood that. God's ways are right. Second thing I want to call attention to. And that is, not only must we pray for our nation and her leaders, but we need to preach to our nation and her leaders. Let me just talk for a minute or two about the, mess the messengers that our nation needs. I want you to listen very carefully. We do not need another politician. We don't. We've got a lot of politicians and they don't know upside from the downside, the right side to the left side. I'll tell you what we do need. 
We need some men who will stand up with courage and conviction and say, you know what, this is what God has said. We need some people like Micaiah, who said in the long ago, and King Ahab hated Micaiah, because he always prophesied that which was right. And Micaiah said in the long ago, whatever the Lord says, that will I speak. I'm not going to back down from the truth of God. I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is that says you can't preach the truth. Guess what? I'm going to preach the truth. You know why? Because that's what God said to do. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Preach the word. I'm not the only one that's going to preach the word. There are a lot of folks that have preached the word. But we need some folks with backbone, courage, commitment, conviction. Do you remember the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 4? When he asked the question, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Listen, we need the truth in this country. We need some people like Jonah in the long ago. Do you remember Jonah? God instructed Jonah to go and to preach the preaching, he said, which I bid you. Jonah went to the city of Nineveh. His message was one that was sobering. It was concise. And here it was in the long ago. Repent. In 40 days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. You know what those people did? They believed God. They repented, and God turned from His anger toward that city in the long ago. A hundred years later, they went back to their old ways, and guess what? God destroyed them. But those are the kind of men that we need today. Men like Micaiah. Men like Jonah. What about Haggai? Haggai said that he was the Lord's messenger in the Lord's message. So first we need the right people. The messengers that our country needs. But what about the message our country needs? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul said we need to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Could I say this? Our nation is imploding. We're falling from within. Not from without, but from within. Do you know why the Roman Empire fell? The Roman Empire fell because they imploded. Because they lived in ungodliness, idolatry, immorality. Ultimately, it took a toil on that nation. The same things are taking a toil on the nation in which we live. Hard to believe that we live in a country in which political candidates are going to spend about a billion dollars to elect a president. Can you believe that? A billion dollars? Do you, do you know how much a billion dollars is? What does that say about the office of the presidency of the United States of America? Let me tell you what. They could spend $10 billion electing a president in this country this year. And it won't do a bit of good. 
until we go back to the root of all of the problems. The problem is we're decaying from within. The problem is we need to root out the evil, the ungodliness. Many of us have seen the commercial in which there's a, a caption of Congress and the facelift that is being done in Washington. Let me tell you what, the problem is not with the exterior of the White House or the halls of Congress. The problem is within. That's where the problem is. The problem is within the halls of our politicians. And that's just the start of it. A nation can never rise above her leaders. And so when you have ungodly leaders leading people in ungodly ways, then the end result is going to be the same, ungodliness. We've got to go back and preach and teach the gospel. Now, you want to know why our country's in trouble? I can tell you. It's because our homes are in trouble. The psalmist said, except the Lord build the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Let me tell you what, there are homes all across this country that are in trouble. They are spiraling out of control. You've got mamas and daddies that don't understand their responsibilities. God said you're to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And we got kids carrying guns to school and picking off teachers and students. And we've got kids that are acting like a bunch of wild apes out here. Let me tell you why. Because the mamas and daddies haven't done their job in the home. And when I say that, I'm talking about all young people. It doesn't matter, matter if they're black, white, red, blue, polka dotted, doesn't matter. And the same is true for parents. Years ago, my father looked out the kitchen window at our home and some of my cousins were out playing in the backyard, and he said, look like a bunch of monkeys running around. Wild as they could be. Out of control, and they were. Well, let me tell you what. We need some mamas and daddies in this country that have a spine. That'll stand up and say, you know what? The buck stops here. Practice the golden rule. You know what the golden rule is? The man with the gold rules. Far too many homes, you've got the children calling the shots. Now look, we've got a lot of great young people here. One day, they're going to be sitting in your position. They're going to be mamas and daddies. And they're going to have the same responsibility that we have, and that is to rear our children in the Lord. We've got major problems in the home. Talk about marriage. Marriage is a joke in this country. And the reason is because mamas and daddies, husbands and wives, don't understand that marriage is a lifelong commitment. Jesus said, what therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Matthew 19, 6. Has that changed? We don't even understand in this country what marriage is. We have to define marriage, don't we? Think about it. The ways of the Lord are right, and yet we got folks today saying, you know what, two men can be married. Two women can be married. What? What in the world are we thinking? Have we lost our mind? Unbelievable. And to think the leaders of a free nation like this would propagate such stuff. 
Unbelievable. Home's in trouble. And let me say this. Violence. It's amazing that we live in a country today, supposedly the free world. When I was growing up, we didn't even lock our front door. And now you've got that thing padlocked, bolted down. And if you don't want it taken from you, you better lock it down. Crime, rampant crime. People knocking little old ladies down to steal a dollar from them. Beating an elderly man because they want his money. Have you lost your mind? That's the kind of stuff we're dealing with in this country, in this city. And I'm talking about Memphis in general. And then murder? The sanctity of human life? Did you know that Memphis has over 100 homicides just this year? People could care less about human life. And you think that putting a new president in is going to change that? Or putting a new congressman in is going to change that? Let me tell you what, that is a joke. That's not going to change it. The only thing that's going to change is the person in the office. Now, you want to really change, then we need to preach the gospel. We need to pray for our leaders, and we need to preach to our leaders. I would love to have an audience with, with our Congress, our Senate, our President. With all due respect, with all due respect, I say to them, we need some changes. We need to go back to the Bible. We need to make a lot of changes in this country. And then racial tension. You know, the devil has perpetrated a lie on the human family. And the lie is that one color of people is better than another color of people. That is the devil's lie. Paul said in Acts chapter 17 that God has made, listen to him, has made of one blood all nations of men to dwell together. I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're polka dotted, you're purple, whatever your color, you're precious in the eyes of God. We need to understand that. The devil wants us to turn on each other. He wants whites to hate blacks and blacks to hate whites. He wants Americans to hate Europeans and vice versa. Why? Because that's his job. He hates people. And so he can use race to destroy us as a nation. And let me tell you what, he's doing a pretty good job of it, isn't he? You agree or not? You agree? You know what we need to do? We need to go back and preach and teach the Bible. We need to let people know, look, I don't care what color you are. You are precious in the eyes of God. The old song that we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. I'll tell you what does matter, character. That's what matters. That's what we need in our country. We need godly character. Very quickly, our time's gone. can't believe it's gone. I may just save it for next week. All I'm trying to say to you is we need to change. The change I'm talking about is not going into a, a voting booth and pushing a button. Look, if you want to vote, that's your business. And you have that right as a citizen in this country. 
What I'm trying to say is there's something more important than voting. What's more important is praying for our nation. What is more important is preaching to our nation. When the first century church thrived in the first, well, going back to, to her infancy, it thrived in a cesspool of evil. You know why? Because people realized there's something better than what the Roman Empire had to offer. There are a lot of folks today, I'm really, I really believe, there are a lot of folks in our world today, they believe there's something better. They just don't know what it is. That something better is the gospel. So I want to encourage you to think about the importance of praying daily for this nation. And then help us preach the gospel. There are a lot of folks that I would entrust to go to Washington, to go wherever, to preach the gospel. Because I believe this is the message that's going to change this country. It has the power to change the world. We can turn the world upside down with this message. Now, maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. I want to encourage you to come to Christ believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins, John 8, 31, or rather John 8, 24. The Bible says you need to repent, Acts 2, 38. Confess the name of Christ before others, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Be baptized into Christ so that all your sins can be washed away, Acts 22, 16. If you'll do that, God will add you to the church, Acts 2, 47. And if you're faithful until death, the promise is the crown of life. If you're here today and you're not what you ought to be as a child of God, could I encourage you to come back, come home. We'd love to pray with you and for you as we stand and sing for your encouragement.